With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Ah, happy Wednesday. Glad to have you with us. Yes, the NBA Finals are a day away, but Aaron Rodgers is at it again as we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. And yeah, a Sooner has taken over the show hosted by a cowboy. I, I don't know if this is blasphemous in the state of Oklahoma. Maybe the entire state of Oklahoma, Plank, is loving this. But uh, but uh, Sooner's rule today here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Makes a lot of sense, right? It, it does. Connect the dots in the sports world. Ab- a- absolutely, because Aaron Rodgers loves... <laughs> to talk about Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is in the news again, not because of his calf injury. He's in the news because he spoke with The Athletic now that he's a member of the New York Jets and looked back on his time with the Green Bay Packers, looked back at what transpired ever since the team drafted Jordan Love. And I, I guess my biggest takeaway from all of this is that it's the same Aaron Rodgers that we have come to know and maybe not love so much over the last, you know, three, four, five years. I, I find Aaron Rodgers' strengths of that chip on his shoulder, you know, always remembering what it was like to fall in the draft, what it was like to have to sit behind Brett Favre and use that as fuel. Um, I think it backfires. And I think Aaron Rodgers' greatest strengths are also his greatest weaknesses. Because he just can't let things go. And as if you read the piece in The Athletic, talking about his relationship with Brian Gutekunst, talking about his relationship with Matt LaFleur, his relationship seemingly good with Jordan Love, all of that is laid out. But, Plank, I get to the point of just, can we just move on? 
and it seems like Aaron Rodgers is the one that's still trying to keep this story alive. Yeah, can we um, can we get some games going or something? Because I mean, I, I understand the sarcasm that's that's dripping from that one. Where I think now under a hundred days. Till the start of the yes, NFL season. 99, because yesterday okay. was 100. Yes. Okay, because I know I know that we have reached this point where we're uh, more weeks away from the Super Bowl. 15 weeks since the Super Bowl, 15 weeks left in the, in the offseason. So we're closer to the season than we are to the Super Bowl. So that, that that's an exciting time. But when I move away from something, I, I, I don't try to equate a lot of things in sports stand to real life because sports isn't real life. But when I leave somewhere, the last thing I want to do is talk about the place that I left ever. It's like, all right, good luck to them. Good feelings, bad feelings. I got a whole life. I don't care what's going on there. I hope it goes well. Aaron Rodgers seems infatuated with wanting to tell his side of this story over and over and over again. And if I'm a... And if I'm a Jet fan, I'm excited. I can't I can't talk a Jet fan out of anything sure. right now, Dan. But you hit it on the head, man. He is so caught up in, I, I guess, wanting to be right in all of this and basically say, hey, this wasn't me. you know. And, and in the end, it all goes back to what we know peeved him off in the first place. Dan, that's drafting Jordan Love. That's what this thing magnified to me more than anything else. A, Rodgers still isn't over it. And B, this all circles back to Jordan Love. And it always has. I don't think he came off uh, looking great. I don't either. This. Yeah. No. This is this is dragging on. And what, what came to fruition, and Rodgers wouldn't address it, kind of put the onus on his, on his agent, that there was an ultimatum made at one point. You either fire GM Brian Gutekunst or you trade me and get rid of me. And, and and so you have that aspect of it, and it seems like Rodgers is trying to throw his weight around. In the end, at the time, none of that happened. No. Um, it seems like a guy who would just take took stuff year after year, put it away in a file cabinet, and then just wanted to find the right time to release all of this, and it, it just fell miserably Poorly. It just it did not land for Aaron Rodgers in reading all of this because if you're you know Rodgers would play coy and he's played we you know we knew when he played coy about the 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 vaccine the immunization stuff we're all past that sort of thing but sure. you know that he plays coy in the way of what he wants to say how he wants to say it and how he's expressed himself and there were times where he has opened up but this was opening up the vault to a point where. I think everybody has moved on except him. And it just comes back to the point of this is what made the whole situation so exhausting. And I don't get why Aaron Rodgers still is holding on to this. I get why he held on to not being picked in the till later in the first round. This stuff is just too over the top for me. Why why do you think it is, Dan? Why why do you think it is? Because you know, I always thought that sure he'd be mad that he was coming off, you know, an okay season, thought they were going out to get receiver help and they draft a quarterback. I understand being mad. He goes out, wins the MVP, looks incredible, right? Has, has proven that he still has something left. Why, why, why is it that there is this need to hold on to this? And, and why is it that there is – maybe it's our fault, maybe it's the media fault, maybe it's fault because it keeps getting brought up, but it sounds like this was kind of unprompted I think we, today. I, yeah, I, I – I, 
I, I Matt Schneidman's the one who did it for the uh, the Athletic, mm-hmm. and he does a great job in covering the Packers. And was like, you know what? Now that this has all gone down, I'm going to reach out. And what do you know? Aaron Rodgers was willing to speak, and he was willing to say his stuff. And I think that the reason that he is, and I I I think that it all happens now, and it's all being said now. And this is this is not it's not meant to be a huge huge criticism, but I think it is who. Aaron Rodgers is, and it's he's insecure. Hmm. There are a lot of insecurities. Even when you're winning MVPs, you're always trying to prove, and for some reason, it's it's not good enough. And I feel that that is going back to again of when he was passed over with the number one overall pick by the Niners and fell. And I think that's there's so there's so many parallels into that in what made Aaron Rodgers great, but also what makes him difficult to deal with and has him coming off poorly. I mean, he talked about the lack of wanting to go to OTAs because you don't get anything done in in those instances in saying, you know, very minimal, minimal can be done even if you're breaking in new new wide receivers. But in the same breath also says, I've gone through my process, I've been ready, I've won two MVPs, and it's this... I'm proven this. I've proven that. This is why I don't do that. And it always comes back to Aaron Rodgers. And for some reason, I don't. I, I think the timing of this is insecurities, but it always also seems to be about him. Always about him. How are Packer fans handling this right now? They're done. I kind of thought yeah. so too, right? Yes. They, are you? Are you? Are you, you're done with this? Obviously, um, I'm done with it. I feel like it needs to be talked about because. For some reason, it continues to pop up. But I would imagine from even how about a Jets fan's perspective? I mean, at, at some point, you're like, ah, can what? you quit talking about your ex? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> just, I'm here. <laughs> just so you know. So this is this is what went on in my previous relationship. Right. <laughs> it's always a fun conversation to have. <laughs> Everybody loves that one. Oh. I, I Listen, I, I – it, it's known I grew up uh, born and raised um, in North Central Wisconsin. I am not a Packers fan. I'm one of the few, the one of the very, very few, <laughs> a Seahawks fan. But everyone in my family is a Packers fan. Having the job that I have, every time I come home and every time that I've come home over the last, you know, 15 years, how do you think the Packers are going to do? How, what are the Packers? The Packers going to go to the Super Bowl? What do you think? <laughs> but over the last three years, it's like, what do you think about Rodgers? And really, they, they call him Aaron. And it's the one thing that I, I just I, I think it's so important to point out is this fan base has had this relationship with these players where it's so close. And you see why Aaron Rodgers was uh, so kind to the fan base in leaving and, and saying the notes that he did. But you're calling guys by their first name. They call Brett Favre Brett. They call Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers Aaron. It's how, they, it's, it's how it's done. They are past it. They have moved on. It didn't help. It didn't help not making the playoffs last year. Losing that game to the Lions, I think they're wondering, wait a sec, we, you know, put up, you know, with all of this stuff. We've stood by by his side, and now we have a, a game against the 49ers that you you lose when uh, you know, Rodgers throws a bad pass at the end of the game, and now you go on this win streak where you think you're headed to the playoffs the next season and you don't make it, and you're hearing all of these same complaints. It was one thing when he was winning MVPs when they were the number one seed, but when you're eight and nine, I think that they are over with it. I think they kind of want to see what life is actually like with Jordan Love, and it wasn't like that with when Favre left. They really, really missed Brett Favre. They aren't missing Aaron Rodgers right now. Yeah, and, and, and Brett Favre, 
when he left, wasn't playing nearly as well as at least, you know, maybe last year can be a, a little bit of of an excuse, right? But the last couple of seasons prior to 2022, Aaron Rodgers, really good. You know, Brett Favre didn't have that. And, and listen, yeah. that's unfair. Uh, Rodgers was good this year just because they didn't make the playoffs didn't mean that he was bad or anything. But, you know, I, I guess this has always kind of had a little bit of a, dare I say, burr in my backside, using an Oklahoma analogy. I, I've never really understood – why Aaron Rodgers, when Jordan Love got drafted, said the things where he's like, hey, I've been through this. I know what it's like, so it's um, we're going to be fine with it. Then to find out that he was absolutely exactly like Brett Favre was <laughs> during, during the whole thing. Mirror now, images. <laughs> I mean, it's like spitting images, to even to the point where he lands with the Jets. So I don't know. Maybe Aaron Rodgers are – if you put truth serum in Jordan Love, he'd say, listen, he was really cool to me behind the scenes. And so in the end, that's all that matters. But publicly, Dan Beyer, Aaron Rodgers is acting exactly like Brett Favre did during that whole process when they drafted Aaron Rodgers. I found it funny in the piece because this is this is the weighing and this is where you, you think you're coming off well where he talked about when you have Christian Watson being drafted, when you have <laughs> Romeo Dobbs being drafted, and Rodgers is saying that he stayed away from the team, again, because he felt that not a lot got done in OTAs and during that time, that you weren't going to gain a lot. Trust him. He knows from his you know, two decades' experience in the National Football League. Um, but yet, in the same breath, said, hey, I'm going to show up to camp ready to go. Sure. I'm going through my process. And it is, again, it's about me, 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 but maybe – Maybe that olive branch, that being there. We put Lamar Jackson, you know, when Lamar Jackson, who did show up to voluntary OTAs, just wasn't at the first one, you know, a week or two ago in Baltimore, ended up showing up at the at the latter ones, even though you're not you're not doing much. There was a question like, wait, he just got this contract. He's not showing up to the first one. Rodgers didn't show up at all. And I'm sorry, like it's tough for me to 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 balance, even though you are ready, you've got three wide receivers that they ended up bringing in in that draft that maybe it wouldn't have been a huge, huge gain, but not showing up, you weren't gaining anything from it, period. And so it's this balance of of Rodgers trying to be like, well, that's not a big deal, but I'm going to be ready. It just doesn't – they don't mesh to me. It's if you're in with the team, you're in with the team, and it didn't seem like he he really was for the last year. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll add one more thing. I I don't think this is going to be the last time we hear about this. I, I'll give credit to Brian Gutenkist, right? Did they communicate properly with Aaron Rodgers about drafting Jordan Love? No, they did not. Um, did, did they make a mistake and not trying to move up to get a receiver that year? I guess time will tell, right? Let's see what Jordan Love becomes. But I, I just I, – I hope there's a point where people ask the guys in Green Bay about it to a man, and it's, listen, it's Jordan Love's team now. We're moving on. That's an era that we'll be able to celebrate when he's retired, but for now we've we, we've got football to play. I don't need any un, um, secret sources or locker room leaks talking about this. I don't need another salvo fired from the Green Bay side. Now, when things go south, if they do this year for Green Bay, Dan, you know that's the first thing that's going to be brought up. Oh, sure. But for, but for now – can, can we just get to the season with another twist and turn in the Aaron Rodgers saga and let him be a Jet and let Jordan Love be the quarterback of the Packers and let's see how this plays out. Maybe Gutenkist becomes like the 
the GM that traded for Herschel Walker and it imploded the Minnesota Vikings for years, or maybe he becomes like the next quarterback soothsayer that sees it in a guy that if you sit for a couple of years, you're ready to go and look out, here comes Jordan Love. I just... I'm ready for the season with this story. There's other stories that I'm not ready for the season with yet. I want to make fun of how dumb the Raiders are for the rest of my life with signing a quarterback (laughs) with a broken foot, right? I I, I want to continue to watch Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes party. I'm getting the biggest kick out of it because it's so heartbreaking. I want to talk about what the hell the Houston Texans and Arizona Cardinals are doing with their rosters. But, Dan, I am so done with this whole saga involving Aaron Rodgers. Be a Jet. Let the Packers be the Packers stop pointing fingers and let's move on yeah i encourage you if you haven't read it and you have a subscription to the athletic uh read it because i i I think it it just kind of explains itself he's still talking about the facetime i get one bar when i'm in malibu like like that sort of stuff like my goodness it is it is absolutely time to move on he's chris plank i'm dan byer sitting in for doug gottlieb here on fox sports radio get chris on twitter at plank show you can find me on twitter at dan byer on fox today's show is brought to you by DraftKings sportsbook DraftKings sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the nba download the DraftKings sportsbook app today and use code gottlieb for a special offer when you sign up that's code gottlieb only at DraftKings sportsbook coming up next they put the prime in prime time Yeah, you're going to want to hear this when it comes to college football. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James! LeBron James! And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb show at Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Chris Plank sitting in for Doug today live from the TireRack.com studios. College football is going to be here before you know it. Media days probably in a month and a half. Uh, SEC's got to figure out what they're going to do with their schedule. Colorado's got to figure out what they're going to do, period, and they want to play in the Pac-12 or the Big 12. Uh, but we do know Colorado has uh, some uh, short-term plans. Big noon kickoff, Plank, announcing that the season opener for Deion Sanders and his Colorado Buffaloes uh, at TCU will be the big noon kickoff. The game of the week for Fox, September 2nd, primetime leading things off, and then also getting the billing the next week when they take on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Prime getting some prime slots as he makes his Buffaloes debut as a head coach. Has a team that finished 1-11 and ever started the next season in the prime national spot for a network twice because Fox isn't about primetime games. Now they'll have them on there. There'll be some good games, but all of everything that big noon kick biggest Ohio state, Michigan, uh, Penn state, Ohio state, all their biggest games are at noon. They're putting a lot of eggs in this basket right now. And by the way, if I'm a Colorado fan, I love, I'm kind of pissed because your home opener is going to be a 10 a.m. local time kick. <laughs> I mean, think about that. The, the game kicks at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about that yeah. until you said it. Yeah. It makes, okay. But I, I understand there's a lot of excitement here. But, Dan, you follow this, and we actually do this wild thing called paying attention. There is just not a very good roster at Colorado. When you look beyond Coach Prime, I mean, he goes on the radio and says, oh, I got guys waiting at the airport just to see. I got a list. And then it's like, okay, well, where are they? It's like, it's coming. They're coming. And there's nobody. There's nobody magically coming to save this 2023 season. So it's it's an interesting decision because I just don't think they're very good. And I don't think they're going to be good this year. The the guys moving in and out, um, 
obviously grabs so many headlines to what you said, the uh, they're coming. But right. There's also a reason why these games are happening at the start of the year. Because the losses will be coming later on in the year. <laughs> that like, is like true. you want to strike when the iron's hot, you do it now. But I, uh, the, the, and that is that is being truthful. Like in, if you're going to cash in on Colorado and in Prime, it's been a heck of an off season in doing so, and it'll take time for that program to resurface. But you need to strike while the iron's hot. So let's do the first two games. They may be zero and two to start the season. But you can't feature them in the primetime slots. Preach. No pun intended when they're, you know, one and four. And so that's where I think that's why I think we've got what it is. But also, let's be honest. For for what college football is and 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 the school that you cover and the, the school that, that I'm a fan of and the, the, the big names, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Clemson and the LSUs. It's gotten a little boring. It's gotten a little stale. And even if you inject the new blood of Georgia going back-to-back. They've gone back-to-back. They're boring now, Dan. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely, 100%. And that's just what happens. Like, it's – for Dion is the story in college football. Ohio State and Alabama are breaking in new quarterbacks after their quarterbacks went 1-2 in an NFL draft. Preach. And we're not even talking about it. We don't even necessarily care. And, and maybe because you just think, oh, they'll just reload and, the, and those schools will be fine. Maybe you think, you know, Georgia's you know, the team. Heck, they're replacing their quarterback who uh, just led them to back-to-back national championships. Right. So, so, like, those are conversations that on a normal level – or if you're in the NFL, you're saying, is Baker Mayfield going to win the job in Tampa? Uh, you know, will Anthony Richardson be the starter for day one for the Colts? Doesn't work like that in college football. And even when the brands have that issue, it it, it doesn't work. Dion is the biggest story in college football. And and maybe that maybe that tells us something. I don't know if it says something about college football. I think it just says a lot about really Dion and, and who Dion is. I, I don't think that you're going to get another person that is able to to bring that. But that's the state of where we are right now in college football is it's gotten a little stale, and Dion, if anything, may not have wins, but at least he's injected some life into to a sport that desperately needed it before the 12-team playoff starts. Right. I mean, and again, I, I could not disagree that college football – is irrelevant or boring because I live in a college football town where it's 24-7, 365. So if there is a recruiting conversation, it's the top story. But when I pull back and I look at it nationally, it's hard to argue it, Dan. It's hard to argue against you. I'd fight you in Tuscaloosa right now, (laughs) but you're in Los Angeles. We're we're speaking to people in New York and Chicago. They couldn't tell you about the Tyler Buckner, Jalen Milrow battle, but it's nonstop in in, in college towns. We we couldn't sit here and have a conversation about, is it Carson Beck, Brock Vandegrift, or Gunnar Stockton at – at Georgia. Nobody cares about anyone in Texas right now outside of a dude who has the last name of Manning, yes. who's their third-string quarterback. So I completely get it. 
You know, there's a part of me that's got to step outside of my college football homerism and realize these people just don't know how bad Colorado is going to be. So let's have the excitement. You're absolutely right. The spring game was incredible. I'm old enough to remember when Colorado was really good in college football. Nationally, and even in the college football circles, Dan, how he's built this roster is a fight. Is it right what he has done? Um, Should coaches have this much power to basically tell someone they can just be off scholarship athletically. So I I could not agree with you. Hurts my heart a bit uh, more that we need a story like this to really pull everybody in because people are getting tired of the same four teams. And then when you get someone new in there, they bitch and moan about that. Like Cincinnati gets in there, and I got to deal with Arnie Spanier on Sunday nights going, oh, no one wants to watch Cincinnati. I'm like, you wanted something different. Here's Cincinnati. It's not good enough. Same last year with TCU. So, yeah, I um, I agree. It's, it's a frustrating part that, you know, we're not going to get a lot of buzz about the Dylan Gabriel – versus, you know, a, a freshman quarterback at Oklahoma. But, hey, look, Deion's in Colorado. That's a big story. Let's go talk about that. How, how do you think the Heisman Trophy winner feels? Oh, like, gosh, I didn't even mention Caleb. Yeah, like like seriously, like in terms of, of there's more conversation of what's going to happen in the 2024 draft right. than the type of season that Caleb Williams is going to have for USC. Well, they know that USC can't play defense, so they're not going to waste their time watching him again this year. <laughs> Been there, done that, seen it, people. Uh, Just you, you don't sound scorned at all. You do not sound scorned oh, at all. Oh, no. That, nothing wrong with the coach taking another job, taking the quarterback there, and nearly getting to the playoffs with a Heisman Trophy winner that was your starting the quarterback the year before. No, no, no. Not bitter at all. But seriously, to your point, Dan, what are the conversations around Caleb Williams? Hey, would you want to play in Arizona? Would you want to play in Vegas? What do you think about a team tanking for you? And it's not about. Have you fixed your defense? Who's taking over for Jordan Addison? What does that depth at running back look like? It's a it's a dead-on point. It's the reality of it. He's Chris Plank. Hit him up on Twitter at Plank Show. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 5 Eastern, 12 to Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at FoxSportsRadio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Hey gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week, we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment, like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes 
that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Ah, it's that time of the week. Hump day on a Wednesday. You know what's coming up in just a matter of minutes here on Fox Sports Radio. So we are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help you get there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You're going to get your fill of the NBA Finals 2023 version coming up in 20 minutes or so. Our buddy Brandon Cristal uh, in the Mile High City covering the Nuggets will be uh, giving us the Nuggets point of view and what could happen in tomorrow night's game one. Again, that comes up in 20 minutes. But right now, Chris Plank, it is time for a staple on the Doug Gottlieb Mm. show. Wednesday, 4 o'clock Eastern time, 1 Pacific, smack dab in the middle of the show. It's time for Stuck in the Middle with you. It's time for Stuck in the Middle the midway literally just throwing conversation around to each other like it yes chris plank 
Monty Bolaños, Ryan Bershinger, John Ramos, myself, Dan Beyer. We're talking NBA playoff runs. It doesn't have to be the most memorable of of what the what the nation thinks, the general consensus. Just of of your most memorable runs. And I'll I'll kind of start this off because was so disappointed to hear that the 76ers are getting their own documentary for their run of the 2001 to the NBA Finals of winning the East because it came at the expense of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I didn't think it was a great magical run by Philadelphia. The Bucks took him to a Game 7, had an opportunity to uh, to win the series. Didn't happen. But it was in 2001, Plank, that the Bucks had gone to a spot that in my lifetime – had never gone before, and it was a fun team. It wasn't just Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen. Tim Thomas was a member of that team. Sam Cassell was a member of that team. They yes. were a fun, fun bunch, and they were really good. They had a great series against Charlotte in the uh, Eastern semis. I went to game one at the Bradley Center. I still have my towel <laughs> that I have from that game. But when you look back, like to, to be a part of it, I remember my buddy and I were like, we got to go to game one. Bucks beat the Magic in the first round. We're like, we got to get tickets. So we were at the Bradley Center in game one of the, the conference semis. And for them to get to the conference finals, it's one of those things where – uh, cell phones weren't popular at that time, but you were calling your buddies talking about the game. So the 2001 run to the Eastern Finals for the Milwaukee Bucks, one of my most memorable love it. playoffs. So playoff in runs. 001, who was the star of the Magic? Was that? That was. Gosh, that, it may have been McGrady. I think you're point. right. Yeah, yeah, Tracy McGrady. You're absolutely. Yes. Tracy McGrady and Grant Hill. That's right. Because I completely forgot about that. The Hornets had Mashburn. That's right. And TJ Brown. Oh, my gosh. They um, could ball. Yeah, they were really good. They they, they were. That series went seven. And the Bucks survived, but then uh, ended up falling to Philadelphia. But that's that's one of the huh. one of the more memorable runs uh, in my memory of that of was. NBA you playoffs. know what else is memorable from that in 01? That was Iverson stepping over Lou. Yes. In the finals. That was that was the great shot of Allen Iverson making the three and Tyron Lou just down on the court because he couldn't play freaking defense. And uh, Allen Iverson stood right over. But, of course, in fairness, not many people could play defense against Allen Iverson. I like it, Dan. Taking me back to 2001. Yeah. Where, where, where do you see your mind go in the way Do you want to know what's wild, by the way, because now you've got me looking at the 2001 playoffs? Uh, the Sixers were the one seed that year yes. with AI. Yeah, the one versus the two seed in the finals. Okay, listen, I could go back to – I wrote down the 1987 Lakers, but listen, I want to at least get in a time frame where it was like within somewhat of the orbit when Monse was born or the Bershinger <laughs> could talk about. So, you know what was a really cool playoff run for for me, and I'm not even the, the biggest Thunder fan on the planet, but when they made the finals in 2012, whenever Ooh. it was – only their, what, uh, fourth season in Oklahoma City. I got to be honest, that was really cool. Now, I was slow to, I think, you know, I, I did a radio show in Tulsa, and we talked about the NBA for years, Dan, because my co-host Jeremy Poplin and I were big NBA guys. And people would call, and they'd grinch and moan. It's like, why are you guys talking about the NBA? It's hero ball. Nobody cares. Then all of a sudden, the Thunder come to town. Everybody's an NBA expert it's like they didn't get the bird rights on that guy you know it's just everyone <laughs> thinks they know everything but I fell in love with this team in 2011 and 12 because you had Kevin Durant 
you had James Harden, you had Russell Westbrook, you had Nick Collison, and they really it was the it was four years, right? It was like college. Because we were still very much in a college mindset. So you're like, oh, it's all these guys senior year. Let's go. We got a team. So I uh, I love that run. They ended it for the Lakers. Uh, they beat the Spurs in six and got absolutely smoked in game one. Um, I want to say Serge even got hurt. And yet they, uh, they, they came back and found a way. So, yeah, I, I know that it's not it's not a run that ended in a championship but that was an incredible run, and then I would, I would throw the uh, the run that they had a couple years later when they got knocked out by the Spurs, uh, and they beat sorry, Monte the Clippers in fourteen. <laughs> that was incredible. That first round series had a seven game series with Memphis in twenty fourteen at Oklahoma City, and Reggie Jackson had this incredible game. I mean, it was wild. So. I, I can't believe I'm using not the Lakers here and talking about this in the Thunder, but the 2012 finals run and the 2014 conference finals run was pretty incredible. Now, Monsi does have the uh, Sixers jacket from 2001. <laughs> I do. Uh, do you have any Thunder jackets from 2012? <laughs> I, I do not. Uh, I do not. So it's so crazy that Chris Plank brought up this particular year because I it wasn't great for the Clippers, but right when you mentioned this to me, you're like, think of like a good playoff run. Uh-huh. I thought of the Clippers comeback against the Grizzlies in game one of that playoff series, yeah. where we were down 27 at one point, but with eight minutes left, we were down 24 points. And the Clippers had the greatest comeback. It was Lob City 2012, and Gosh. we went all the way to game seven. You know, one time, Dan, you were like, you don't hate the Warriors. You don't think there's like a, you know, a rivalry. And I was like, no, to me, the rivalry with the Clippers is the Grizzlies. Like, I hated the Grizzlies. (laughs) I was like, I can every single time they came or we went to play them. It was always down to the wire. It was intense. A fight. You were like, someone's going to fight. It's going to happen. That series, I will never forget it. And then we went on to get swept by the Spurs. But whatever. That series, (laughs) 24 points down Eight minutes left, and we ended up winning, I believe, by one. Mm. It was crazy. The cool thing uh, of being a Clippers and Bucks fan is like the '90 and 2000s. It's not much to pick from. Like, you just <laughs> pick, yeah, like, trust yeah. Me, it's like that year and then that year, and yeah. then everything else is just whatever. Uh, All right, John Ramos, are, are you going to carry the purple and gold? Of course. Flag? Yeah, I there love how Monty said there wasn't a good year for the Clippers, and I'm trying to think of which one was a good Ooh. year. Okay, John. For the Clippers, John chose violence this morning. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'll, Monty, I'll give you a year where the, the team actually won. On the NBA Finals, and that was in 1985, oh. when the Lakers. Yeah, I wasn't who, born. I don't care. Uh, well, doesn't matter if you're born. <laughs> it was uh, the Lakers had never beaten the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals, and in that year, not only did they beat the Celtics, but they beat them on their home court. And after that was after what they called the Memorial Day Massacre, where the Lakers lost by what, 30, 35 points in Game One. Yes. And after that, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, mm, "Not no more of that." And the Lakers went on to win on Boston's home court in their face, 1985. I was 15 years old and loved every minute of it. Do you know what's wild about that? You bring up the Memorial Day Massacre, uh, the 34-point loss. The Lakers turned around and won Game Three by 25. I mean, it's just the NBA playoffs sometimes, when you look back at the history of it, it makes absolutely positively no sense. Now, Ramos, ref- uh, refresh my memory. Was 85 the year where Magic had the sweep little hook shot when he was going through the lane, or was that 87? I think it was 85. I, be- I believe it was 85, yeah. 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 The baby hook, they called it. Baby yeah. hook. Ryan Bershinger, 
our executive producer. So I'll go with a little bit more recent history here. And uh, the Miami the re- Heat. <laughs> <laughs> that game seven. <laughs> In 2023. Uh, um, what was longer? <laughs> um, no, so I was I I uh, I was employed by Fox Sports Radio. I started my job here in 2015, and I was editing in the finals for 2016, for 2017, for 2018, and of course those finals were all between the same two teams as it was in 2015 yeah. when it was the Warriors Cavs every year. And for me, as a sports fan in general, like of course I respect the dominance, I respect the dynasties, but. It was getting boring having the monotony of the same two teams. So we go into the 2019 season, and it's just to the point where you're like, you know who's going to be playing in this finals. You know who's going to win. And the Toronto Raptors come through, and they make it out of the East. It could have been the Bucks. Yeah, that was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I thought it was, it was extra. For me, it was fun to finally see somebody else get a turn and of course yes the Warriors had plenty of injuries in the postseason um, and and that kind of muddied the uh, the dialogue around the series as it was going but in hindsight I mean history will always have the Raptors winning that finals and so for me I, I, I think it was it was nice to see somebody new and it was a nice reminder for me as a sports fan that like hey anything can happen we don't have to have the same two teams every season. And since then, it's been very different outside of, you know, of course, the Warriors winning last year. But uh, it's it, it was a nice way to break up that dominance. Uh, Bucks were up 2-0 in that series yes. of the Eastern Finals. And then uh, Toronto ended up winning four straight. I'll give you a, guys a, a personal story. Um, and I know the Laker fans here will not appreciate the outcome of this. But whenever I get asked, and Plank, you've been in the business for a long time, I'm sure. Uh, I'm old. All, 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 all of us. Like, what's your favorite memory, or what you know, what's what was the best part about your job? In 2008, I was covering the NBA Finals, which was Lakers Celtics, and because we're based in Southern California, it was also going on the same week as the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, and the. I was in Boston for a couple for games one and two, and then uh, games three and four were the Tuesday Thursday uh, in LA, and the Celtics and Lakers ended up splitting. So it's uh, it's three one Boston, and it comes down to to game five, and there's now the question. You have to realize this is final round of the U.S. Open is on the Sunday, and also game five. So what happens on the Sunday? Tiger makes the putt to force the playoff with Rocco Mediate. Oh my God. I then have to watch the game that night to find out if I'm going to Boston after the <laughs> playoff on Monday or I'm just driving home. Ends up Lakers win, forcing a game six. So in about a 36 to 48 hour period on one coast, I saw Tiger Woods win the U.S. Open in a 19-hole playoff. Hopped on, actually, I drove up to my place, emptied out my suitcase from staying in San Diego, loaded it up, hopped the overnight red-eye flight to Boston, and then watched the Celtics beat the Lakers the the next night. So in like 36 hours, you see Tiger win what he did. And and not only, only, it wasn't a Raptors-Warriors final, or sorry, Mm -hmm. Nuggets final. It was a Celtics-Lakers final. (laughs) That is the highlight of my broadcasting career when you're talking about, you know, seeing greatness. Yeah, it was crazy. 
So, so fortunate. Did you lose any luggage in this process or any clothing items? Were you smooth? Because that's a pretty rapid packing, packing, unpacking. Truly just dumped it out, grabbed (laughs) clean clothes from the drawer because I had a flight to catch. And I had a fly out of Long Beach, which I know nobody really cares about. But, like, I lived up in uh, West L.A., Santa Monica, and so I had to not just go to LAX and – and I had to go to Long Beach. And then, you know, I remember I landed at like 6 a.m. in Boston. And I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing here? And then that game six that night was just a party because it was an absolute blowout. But I still say it fueled the Lakers to their back-to-back, having Kobe sit there and watch right. Boston celebrate. The right. midway. Uh, Monty uh, has got a little uh, – you want to you wanna jump in? Oh, no, she's done. Monty is done. <laughs> Burst is done. Planky, you done? I'm done. I'm good. There's the very, there very little LeBron talk in that, you know, except, you know, Plank bringing up the uh, the Thunder and right. then Burst Literally being the like, heat. I'm sick of seeing LeBron face the Warriors. In the I, I would, though, you know, it's, it was kind of funny whenever you guys brought up this idea earlier in the day, I started doing this wild thing called research. And I, f- I think I might fight that the 2016 playoffs in general were just some of the most exciting playoffs that we've had, right? So if you don't just say a team, like you bringing up the Bucks in 01, I'm bringing up the two Thunder runs, Monsi bringing up the Clippers, uh, the Raptors. I just, I would say in 2016, if we stepped back, and I know it's pretty recent, but you know every game, every series seemed to have so much drama. You had the the what three one comeback by the by the Cla- Cap- Cavaliers with LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, you had some wild conference finals. So, they, I mean the the Warriors came back from three one in the conference finals. So I was kind of thinking not just a team, but Dan, I might be willing to fight and die on the hill the 2016 as a whole were the best NBA playoffs yeah. we had. I don't remember a more anticipated game than that game seven. That oh, Saturday. my gosh. Yes. And then yes. it lived up to its billing, and no one scored except Kyrie. You know, <laughs> like, like In the last five minutes, it's just trading defense and defense, and then LeBron's block. Which, by the way, still you ask, what's the what's the signature moment of LeBron's career? It might be that block. Yeah, I think it is. He's Chris Plank. I'm Dan Byer. Get Plank on Twitter, at Plank Show. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Byer on Fox. Hit up Monty at Monty Bolaños, John Ramos at JSRamos06, and Ryan Bershinger at Ryan Bershinger. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.